What's up, everybody? This is Chris Heron and PJ Braun with the Ask PJ Braun podcast. You can find us on YouTube, iTunes, and our website, blackstonelabs.com. We're here answering your questions today. Uh, we receive them at our email address, askpjbraun at blackstonelabs.com. You can send those in anytime, and we'll answer your questions uh, whenever we do this podcast, which should be about once a week. Um, and with that, we're going to go ahead and kick it off with uh, PJ Braun here. What's up, everybody? Sorry for the hiatus for the past month. Had a lot going on, but should be able to keep these going weekly now. That is the goal. And, of course, doing the cardio Q&A every morning. I try to do the questions on cardio Q&A fast, but I will answer them all very thoroughly here. So if you don't like the style of the cardio Q&A or perhaps you, you want more attention from me or more detail, this is the place to submit your questions. All right. And our first question is from Trevor. He says, hello, PJ. My name is Trevor. I am 17-year-old power lifter, bodybuilder, and a huge fan of the PJ Braun podcast and Blackstone Labs. I had a few questions regarding the use of testosterone and pro-hormone supplements at a young age. One, do you believe that young people could reap benefits of oral testosterone products or rather use natural testosterone-boosting products? And two, secondly, what is your take on young people and pro-hormones? If these products are used correctly, could the benefits be good with such little side effects? I chose this question to be the first one because I have such a strong opinion on it. At 17 years old, your testosterone is soaring through the ceiling. And this is something that I think people need to really, really look at. Obviously, when you see a lot of these teenage NPC champions, they are not natural. It is reality. But... There still isn't enough long-term study on steroid use at these dosages that you see bodybuilders using that will say or determine whether or not it is truly safe or not for anyone, let alone a teenager. And now I want to get into what happens to a teenager that turns a teenager into a man. Puberty is when your body starts producing different androgenic blasts of testosterone. Usually you're going to have two or three of these blasts through your teens. This is where you'll see height growth, bone growth, weight increases, facial hair, things like that. This is all from the androgen levels that are increasing in your blood. The definition of androgen is male aging hormone. So as a boy gets older, goes through his teens and starts to become a man, he's aging. It's the, it's the testosterone that is aging him. So at 17 years old, your androgenic levels should be through the roof. They will be through the roof probably until you're into your early 20s. For that specific reason, I think that it is not only foolish but unsafe to shut off what is already through the roof to replace it with something that isn't natural. I did not do my first cycle of steroids until I was 22 years old, which is still relatively young. My testosterone was probably still fairly high, but I had been training at that point for 10 years and I knew what I wanted to do. I knew that I wanted to become a professional bodybuilder. I had a mentor who, for a few years, would not allow me to take anabolic steroids. He was the only person that I really knew that I could get them from 
because he wanted me to max out my natural gains. And that is the same thing that I'm going to tell you. You're 17 years old. Your testosterone is through the roof. You are going to make outstanding gains for at least three more years. Anabolic steroids work better on mature trained muscle. So if I give the same dosage to a 40-year-old guy that I would give to you, that 40-year-old guy is going to notice the results so much more than you. And you're selling yourself short by trying to do them now. I, I can't urge this enough. Pro-hormones have no place in your regime, and anabolic steroids absolutely have no place in your regime. Maximize what you can get out of your body first. You won't plateau. I can promise you that. Keep eating. Keep training hard. Take creatine. Take glutamine. Take aminos. Take your protein. These are the things that you can safely take and get very good results from. You should not be taking any pro-hormones or anabolic steroids. I promise you, you will thank me down the road because you will get far better results if you keep maximizing yourself naturally. Yeah, that's great advice. All right, our next question is from Ryan. Uh, for a first time, does it matter if you start with Brutal Force or Chosen One? I know you often say test is best, so should a first cycle be with just Brutal Force? My current natural test level is around 500 and free test is around 12. I'm 26, currently making steady gains over the past five years and looking to get into physique. Well, uh, the, 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 the determining factor in where you go with those two products is where you want to see your physique because either one is a good choice. Now, myself personally, of all of the DHEA-based pro-hormone products, I like Chosen One the best because it does not aromatize, so you do not have to worry about water retention, acne, gynecomastia. It's, it's, it's just a good, solid hardening agent that will make you stronger, more aggressive in the gym. Um, I think you will notice good recomposition of your physique with it. I've actually spoken to guys that actually did put on good weight with it. Um, so Chosen One is my favorite product. Now, Brutal Force, on the other hand, if you're looking to put size on faster, you'll probably put the weight, I'm just going to call it weight, not muscle or fat, on faster with Brutal Force. And you may be a little stronger with Brutal Force, but Brutal Force can aromatize. So you do have the risk of gynecomastia and those other aromatizing side effects. So you would want to have something like Eradicate on hand. Uh, 500 is not bad. The free test of 12 is pretty low. So for that reason, I would suggest the chosen one because I have found the chosen one has a very prominent effect on free testosterone levels. Adding that in, I think, uh, will make a, a significant change to your training and to your physique. And since you're looking to get into physique, uh, getting harder is really the way to go. So my advice is to experiment with the chosen one. All right. Our next question is from Frank. He says, I'm doing a transformation contest in January for my fire department and would like to get to 10% body fat. I'm currently 5'11", 210 pounds, and about 18 to 20% body fat. I wanted to do carb cycling. Uh, can you please give advice on how to set up a carb cycle diet that would accomplish my goals in 12 weeks or any other diet advice or fat loss advice? Thank you. Okay, well, I, uh, I am a ketogenic diet advocate. However, I, when I was competing, utilized a carb cycle more than a ketogenic diet. I did a two years of competitions following a ketogenic plan. Uh, and then the rest of my competitive career was always some form of carb cycle. Reason being, it was easy to lose the weight on a ketogenic diet, but I could never fill out the way that I wanted to. So for you, you don't really have to focus on 
filling out. You're just trying to get to a certain level of body fat. So you may want to experiment with the ketogenic diet, which I'll probably wind up talking about more in this episode. Uh, but as far as carb cycling go, if that's where your heart is set, what I tell people is, for starters, you've got to find what your base calories are. So you're 5'11", 210 pounds. What, what, I, what I usually tell people to do is calculate the calories that you're already eating, right? What you're already eating in a day. Figure them all out. Get a calculator. Break it down. Remember, protein, every gram is going to be four calories. Carbohydrates, every gram is going to be four calories. But fats are a lot more dense. So you got nine calories. So you're going to have to figure out with, with what you're eating. You know, say you're eating 50 grams of protein, that's 200 calories. Easy math, five times four. So you're going to have to calculate your calories first. Once you have that calculation, I tell people, make that number be your median, okay? Because that's what you're eating to look the way you look right now. Now what you're going to do is with that number, you're going to develop a higher day. That median day will stay the same and a lower day. The higher day, I usually tell people, should have 25% more carbohydrates. The lower day should begin with 25% less. Now, there's other things that come into play here, other variables, because there are many ways to carb cycle. For instance, a lot of people on their lower days will add in fats. A lot of people on their higher days will make sure there are no fats at all. To keep it simple for you, what I would suggest to start, once you calculate your median day, on the high day, let's just take all fats out. So you're just going to increase the calories by 25% all from carbohydrates. On the lower day, you're going to decrease by 25%, again, all from carbohydrates. Now, on that low day, I want you to try taking some fat calories and replacing the calories that you removed with the fat calories. So you're essentially going to be bringing yourself back to the medium level, the median level of calories. So you're not actually going to be in a caloric deficit. And see if after a week you notice a difference. Because I find that many people can reduce the carbohydrates but not necessarily be in a caloric deficit because they have replaced them with fats and still actually lose weight. Now, some people cannot. But if you have time to play with it, I want you to play with it because you'll stay a lot more full and satiated with the fats in. If you do not see the results, to make it simple, just remove the fats. Now, this is not something that I suggest for year-round use because fats are essential. They have their place in everybody's diet. But if you're trying to accomplish something in 12 weeks, this is a good starting point. Now, the way that I usually progress through it is once I hit a plateau and I see something that isn't working, you really only have two options. Option number one is increase some cardio because you're going to get more of a calorie burning effect. Option number two is decreasing calories. And you really don't want to do both at the same time unless you're super pressed for time because then you won't know which one is truly working. So when you hit those plateaus, those are your two options. Now, what I like to do is add in more low days. So perhaps you have a high, a medium, and then two low days. I myself get really aggressive with it. 
I will go high and then three days low in a row where I'm only having carbohydrates at the first meal. And if I have to remove the fats, I will. So I'm just doing protein and vegetables for the rest of the meals. And then that high day comes around. It really shocks your body into effect again. So there are a number of ways that you can vary this, but I suggest doing it as conservative as possible to start. And you can make it more conservative by replacing some of those calories with the fat calories. Now on the high day, you absolutely don't want the fats in because you've got an excess of carbohydrates that your body is going to utilize as energy. Your body is going to choose to use those carbs as energy. So you, you want to keep the fats out on that high day. And as you play around with it and you find what works best for you, you can decrease the protein on that high day as well and let your body just keep running on those carbs. So there are a lot of ways that you can go about doing this. Um, and experimentation is key because what works for me may not work for you and many other individuals. I can, I can generalize what I think will work for probably 75% of the people out there you know, to a pretty good degree. Um, but it's the experimentation on your end that's going to find what truly works best for you. Because you definitely don't want to be starving. You don't want to feel tired. You don't want to feel like you can't train. You want to feel like you're working hard, of course, and feel like you're on a, a, a strict regimen, but you shouldn't be suffering. That's the biggest thing that I, I want to make sure. So if you're at 18 or 20% now, you're trying to cut your body fat in half uh, and you want to do it in 12 weeks, I think realistically if you get on the, the proper plan, shouldn't be a problem at all. All right. Our next question is from Jeremy. He says, hello, I'm currently 12, 22 years old, weighing in about 236 pounds. The last cycle I did of Blackstone Labs was back when you used to have Trenable. I recently just got back into weightlifting seriously. So I always had a physical job picking up heavy stuff so I know how I have muscle, and it also proves in the gym. I'm happy with my strength. I just want, to, I just want my muscle to show uh, where almost all of my toning, shredding, cutting people would call it. Uh, I'm currently running Brutal Force, Eradicate, Chosen One, and Abnormal, followed by three pills of growth before bed, and I've seen uh, a little muscle tone. So my questions are, one, are those supplements good, or do you recommend uh, stronger or different stuff for toning? Uh, cardio opinion while trying to tone, and the best way to figure out uh, my weight and body protein, fats, etc., and intake. Well, um, you know, the key to what your goal is is not the supplementation, it's the diet. So without knowing what you're eating, um, it's hard to say, you know, what exactly you need to do. But I can promise you this, you could take all the, the greatest steroids in the world, you could take all the best Blackstone Labs products, and you're not going to see the results that you want without the proper nutrition. So that should be your number one goal. Your number one goal should be nutrition. If you want to be leaner, you're going to have to focus on some sort of reduction of calories from what you are doing. Now, as far as what you're taking, you're taking very good products. Uh, I don't know that you need to be taking brutal force when trying to be as lean as possible. You're, you're, you're going the right way with the chosen one with the eradicate and the growth. You may want to add in a Trojan horse instead of the brutal force or perhaps even Cobra stacked with it. You may benefit from glycolog if you're, if you're eating carbohydrates. So you may want to opt away from the, the brutal force when you finish your, your bottle and switch on to one of the, the fat burning products. Now, cardio absolutely has its place in, in trying to get toned. Uh, I now 
will do an hour of cardio every day. And as long as I'm healthy, I will do that for the rest of my life. And the older I get, the more I see the value of cardio. Now, you can u- utilize cardio to grow as well uh, because it all really is based around your diet. Um, if you're not doing cardio now and you are eating a good amount of food, I would recommend some hit cardio right after your workout. You can get it done fast. You can go on a step mill and do intervals. You can go on a treadmill and do intervals. And as long as you're bringing your heart rate up really, really high and then bringing it down for a minute or two, you can do your hit cardio in anywhere from 14 to 20 minutes and burn calories like crazy and be in and out, especially if it's post-workout because you're going to have nothing left to burn. I'm sure that you're training hard and utilizing all of that glycogen as energy while you're working out. So why not just bust out some fat burning with the hit cardio after? If you want, you can also do fasted cardio like I do in the morning. And when you do fasted cardio, you can get away with moderate intensity cardio where you're just walking at a steady state on an incline. So those are things that you should absolutely be doing. Uh, the best way to figure out your weight and body protein fats intake, so you're, the way that you're, that question is, is written, I believe you're asking what you should be eating for your body weight. Um, without knowing your body fat percentage at 236 pounds, it's kind of hard to answer that question. Um, perhaps you, you should, you could go and get your lean body mass tested. Um, there are many different ways to do this. I do not recommend those scales. They're inaccurate. The more muscle you have, the more inaccurate they are. Uh, the truest way to do it is a water displacement test, which, um, really usually you only see in hospitals. There are some fancy places that have those bod pods that will do it. Um, and there are ultrasound machines actually that, that will test your body fat now as well. So it's, it's kind of hard to calculate what you need to be eating as far as protein, fats, carbohydrates, et cetera, without knowing, uh, your lean body mass. Um, go by the mirror though, man. So wherever you are right now, go by the mirror and perhaps you need to make a reduction. Like I said, I don't know what you're eating. I don't know what you look like. So it's hard to answer that question. Um, but I'm sure if you make some sort of reduction in calories and you're not taking um, the brutal force anymore, which will put weight on you, you'll start seeing the toning that you're you're desiring come out more. Um, and that's the best that I can answer at that without knowing those other variables. All right. Our next question is from Adam. Uh, he writes, Hey PJ, I look up to you body wise, especially the way you look during your competitions. Don't worry, brother. You look good now. Uh, but I need some help and advice regardless of what you say. I'm still going to proceed with what I'm doing. So no point of talking, of talking me out of it. Uh, if you can help, that would be solid. I'm 22. have been training for four years now. I've been doing SARMs for the past year and a half. Uh, I'm kind of past SARMs. and want to move on to anabolics. I'm becoming a personal trainer. I want to always look good and good and sick. I love SARMs and, uh, but I want the next step. For my first cycle, I'm going to obviously run tests, and I want to stack it. Should I go with SUS or SUS and Trend? I don't know, bro. If you have any ideas for the first time, uh, the idea for the first cycle, let me know, please. Uh, I build muscle easily. I'm a big dude, but I just need to lose at least 15 pounds, maybe 20, to acquire that lean six-pack shredded look. Just help me out, please, for a first cycle and some Blackstone sub products to help me get shredded. Non-stimulant, though. Okay, good. This is a good question. I like this question. And I'm not going to talk you out of anything because you are 22 and I started when I was 22. So who would I be to try to talk you out of anything? I think that if you have been training for a few years very hard, I hope that you've been training very hard um, and you've been maximizing you know, your, your true potential in the gym, then 22 is not a bad age to start. Um, 
you know, your natural testosterone production is probably still pretty high, but it'll start to dwindle now as you get into your mid-20s, and this is not a bad age to start. Uh, you're probably not going to grow any taller. You're probably done with puberty at this point. So you've experimented with SARMs, and I have always been a big fan of Osterine, which uh, I think has its place in, in anybody's regime, whether they're male or female, that's trying to put on muscle. It's a very, very good product. Um, unfortunately, we cannot sell SARMs anymore. Um, so to talk about the testosterone, you have fallen into a common newbie gap where you're getting sold on the marketing behind Sustanon. And by marketing, it's not that there's marketing behind it, but it's a popular name that people know because there's four different esters in it. In my opinion, that is why it is an inferior product because you cannot control your blood plasma levels with that product unless you are doing multiple shots a week, which is annoying. So for that reason, I would steer you in the direction of either Sipinate or Enanthate. They're pretty much interchangeable. I personally like Sipinate a little bit more, uh, although I am also a fan of Enanthate. You will absolutely have better results and less side effects by using the Sipinate or Enanthate esters over the Sustanon, which is a blend of four esters. And you'll have considerably less side effects. I promise you that. So get yourself some Sipinate or some uh, Enanthate from a doctor. You always want to go through a doctor. That's the way to go. Uh, it's very easy to get testosterone through a doctor, especially if you've used SARMs. You've probably got low testosterone levels. All you have to do is show blood work to any HRT doctor, and they'll write you a script. And from there, um, what you add to it is always dependent on what your goals are, but your goal is to be leaner. So you're going to have to make sure you're on a good diet. You can't just take steroids and think that you're going to look a certain way. It's, it's not designed like that. It's designed to make you grow, and you will. And growing more muscle, of course, will increase your basal metabolic rate, so your resting caloric expenditure will be higher. You'll be burning more calories when you're sitting around, which is great. The more muscle you build, you'll be able to eat more. But you've got to be on top of your diet. I can't stress that enough. You'll always hear me on this podcast stress the importance of diet over everything else. Two shots of Sipinate or Enanthate a week, depending on who's making it, will leave you at either 400 or 500 milligrams of testosterone a week, which is a fantastic starter cycle. And you run that for about 10 to 12 weeks, you will make fantastic gains. Now, I don't know anything about you, uh, so I do not know anything about your genetic potential. I don't know anything about your background, but I will say this. It's better to be safe than sorry, so make sure you have an aerobidus inhibitor on hand. I always suggest Arimidex. And if you want to go conservative, you can start with a half of a milligram every other day. But you're going to want to be on that. You don't want to get gyno. You don't want to turn into a bloated mess. You don't want to break out. You'll, you'll get leaner and look better with the addition of the Arimidex inhibitor. So you're going to want to make sure you have that on hand. If you can't get Arimidex, try to get your hands on some Nolvidex. If you can't get that either, make sure you get Eradicate from Blackstone Labs because Arimistane, which is what Eradicate is, is very, very strong. And it is an outstanding aromatous inhibitor. I'm very surprised that it's, it's a legal product compared to the things that they make illegal in this industry. It's interesting to me. Um, so that is something that you're going to want to make sure that you have on hand. 
you don't need the trend. You don't need DECA. You don't need D-ball. You don't need any of this other stuff. A starter cycle should always be test. Test is best is what I always say. Um, now, if you want to maximize this testosterone, add in the chosen one from Blackstone Labs. I can't stress this enough. The chosen one will make your free testosterone levels higher. And you'll utilize the testosterone that you're taking better. You will be harder. You'll be stronger. You'll have more sex drive. You'll be more aggressive in the gym. And you will just feel good is the best way to put it. Uh, as far as adding in other Blackstone Labs products to help you get shredded, if you are eating carbohydrates, I suggest taking glycolog with your high, higher carbohydrate meals. You will glycogen load more efficiently. You will have better pumps in the gym. You will not store the carbohydrates as energy. And you will be able to eat more carbs without getting fat. You also would want to add in Trojan Horse. That is our non-stimulant fat burner. You'll take it twice a day. You can either take it in the morning, pre-workout, post-workout, but I strongly suggest taking one before bed because how great is it that you can be burning calories while you are sleeping? So those would be the two key ones for you that I think that you would really benefit from. Uh, now, because you are taking anabolics, I would suggest taking gear support, which I really think everybody, male or female, should take year-round no matter what. It's just a great product. It's designed to take care of all of your organs. Um, and, you know, all the basics, get a good protein supplement, get a good BCA supplement like our resurgence. These are all things that you should be taking regardless. You know, take the juiced up every morning, all those phytonutrients in our juiced up that'll, that'll help you stay healthy. It'll help you, you know, not get sick. It'll help you feel good. It'll help you fight off infections. It's, it's a very, very good product. So don't sleep on the basic stuff just because you're taking some gear. A lot of guys do that. And when you're done, super duper important. You're going to need to do some post-cycle. So if you cannot get HCG, Clomid, things like that, then absolutely get PCT5 from Blackstone Labs. And usually I tell people if you're, if you're just doing Chosen One or Brutal Force, you should be good with that. But since you are doing testosterone, you're probably going to want to get the Apex Male as well to keep the, the natural testosterone boosted faster. You stack those two things together and you will keep most of your gains. And that is ideal because I see these guys in the gym that all of a sudden they're big. They're big for a few months and then all of a sudden they're small. And it's because they're not doing the post cycle the right way. So, I mean, what's the point of going up and down like that all the time? Uh, you're putting in all that work to then just throw it away at the end. Plus, if you don't do the PCT, you're going to feel like absolute dog shit. You're going to lose your sex drive. You're going to be tired all the time. You're going to be watery. You're going to be emotional. It's going to suck. So do not sleep on the PCT. Cannot stress that enough. All right. Our next question is from Dimitri. Uh, he says, I have a question. Why did you stop uploading the podcast? <laughs> uh, and if you're going to continue, uh, my question for PJ is, PJ, can you tell me more details about your pro-hormone products such as Chosen One and Methaquad? How long can the cycle be? What time of day is the best to take it if it's not uh, – I'm sorry, uh, the best day to t time to take it if it's not your training day, etc. All answers are appreciated. Thank you for what you're doing, and please keep doing it. Your biggest fan from Russia, Dimitri. All right, Dimitri, um, why did I stop doing the podcast? Just to sum it up quickly, life just hit me like a ton of bricks. And I had a lot going on, a lot of stress. And uh, I was at one point abusing alcohol. And I was suffering from exhaustion. Uh, then I got very, very sick. Uh, and so a combination of all those things at once kind of just wiped me out for a little while. And I am now back to feeling very healthy again, back to training in the gym, 
back to work full time. And so the podcast should be here for good. Most of the stressors in my life are behind me, although there are a couple of things that I'm dealing with right now that will be a burden on my shoulders financially until I have them sorted out. Uh, But you know what? I'm alive and it could be a lot worse. So uh, I'm not going to make excuses for myself. The podcast will be back every week for good. I'm glad that you're a fan. As far as the products that you're speaking of, Chosen One, as I have said many times, is my favorite of them all. Um, I like it because you simply are are not really risking anything. The risk versus reward is very dramatic with that product. You don't have to worry about gynecomastia. There's no liver tex- toxicity. It's, it's just a, a safe, good, strong product. Uh, Methaquad, on the other hand, is basically a blend of all the DHEA-based pro-hormone products put together. So I wanted to try to come up with something that was basically like a one-a-day, here's a little bit of everything. You know, you want to get a little bit bigger, you want to get a little bit leaner, you know, you want to get a little bit harder, you want to get a little bit stronger, let's blend all this stuff together, and it's a good conservative dose. Now, you could stack them together and safely make very, very good gains. Um, And if you're only doing the required dose of Methaquad, the odds of having aromatization are, are much lower. You may still want to have the eradicate on hand just in case you're sensitive. Um, but the, the odds are much lower. And again, the liver t- toxicity is, is basically zero. So you're, you're, you're really safely getting a strong anabolic effect that you would not be able to achieve with pro-hormones or oral steroids, which are, which are the pro-hormones are actually more aggressive. The, 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 the older pro-hormones, you know, things like methylstemblone, things like superdrol, things that people were taking, you know, legally before the ban were very aggressive on the liver. They were very liver toxic. So these products are really advanced, these DHEA-based products, where with the liposomal technology, you're not getting any liver te- toxicity. You're not stressing your liver. So they're, they're, they're much safer on the system, and you're getting equal you know, results. And that's, that's what's such, so beautiful about these products. Um, as far as the cycle duration, that is something that I feel is, is dose dependent. Now we are conservative with our dosing on the bottle. So if you are following the bottle dose protocol, you can take these products for 12 weeks, no problem. Eight weeks, no problem. Uh, many people double the doses. And although I am not saying that I'm a strong advocate of that, I'm not saying that I feel that it is necessary. If you double the doses and shorten the duration of the cycle, you will get results faster for sure. Absolutely. Um, these are doses that we feel are, are, are good for everybody. But if you're a more serious lifter uh, and you're looking to achieve more perhaps faster, then yes, you can increase the doses. Um, and if you do that, then I suggest decreasing the duration of the cycle. And uh, again, I've, I've said this earlier in the show. I've said this numerous times. You're going to want to make sure when you take these products that you do the PCT5 because you will be suppressing your natural testosterone and it will not just come right back. So you're going to want to make sure you stay on top of that post-cycle therapy. It's very, very important. All right. Our next question is from Jason. He says, first off, wanted to say longtime fan. You and Evan Santapani represent Connecticut to the fullest. Congrats on all your business success as well. My question is in regards to keto and training. I love being keto, but notice the pump is harder to come by in the gym. I've been supplementing with higher doses of citrulline, around 6 grams. Is there anything else you can think of to help facilitate the pump more while in a ketogenic state? Thank you. 
Absolutely. Um, okay, for starters, make sure on this ketogenic plan that you are doing a refeed day, okay? Now, on your refeed day, what you do, that is something that is really case specific for the individual because many people can only do a, a cheap meal or a refeed meal. When I was doing keto, I actually would do a whole refeed day, but I have a, a, a fairly fast metabolism. So on my refeed day, I had very high carbs at all of my meals. And then I would usually eat some kind of dirty meal like McDonald's, or I would go to IHOP and eat a big plate of pancakes or something like that. Uh, now I also had a ton of muscle, so my basal metabolic rate was very high. So this is something that's different for each individual. I know Juan Morel, for instance, very, very good IFBB pro bodybuilder has one of the fastest metabolisms of anybody I've ever met in my entire life would eat ice cream and shit all day on his refeed days. Uh, when you do that refeed day, structure your hardest workout the following day. So what I would always do is I would have my Sunday cheat day where I would not train. And I would load myself up with the glycogen. And this is the reason I'm explaining this is because that you're going to notice a considerable difference in pump after the cheat day versus farther away from the cheat day. So the workout that I did the following day was always leg day. Leg day is the hardest day. So for me, I would load myself up with these carbs and I would train legs and I would have so much energy and I would have the nastiest pump and you're burning off most of that stuff in that workout. The following day, I would always do chest. Now, the reason that I did chest, and I will explain, the two next hardest days of training are back and chest. Back is a harder day than chest day. You're bent over, you're, you're rowing all this weight, you've, you, you, you know, you're putting a lot of stress on your spine. There's a lot that goes into that. However, if you're training your legs really hard and you're squatting and stuff, your core is getting so much stimulation. Your back is getting so much stimulation. To then try to train back the next day is, in my opinion, a perfect recipe for hurting yourself. So I wanted to keep back far away from leg day. So the next hardest day, chest. Chest is far from the legs, and you're lying down or seated against a, a machine the whole time, and your back is supported. So that's the, that's the quote-unquote bro science, but actual real science behind why that I put those two days next to each other. Now you should still have some energy left over from that Sunday refeed that you'll still be able to get a good pump into that workout. Now, now past that, you're probably not going to be having the, the, the greatest pumps as the week goes on. So what I did was I made Wednesday right in the middle of the week, a rest day, a cardio only day, took a full day to rest got my cardio in, stayed on my diet, not really burning as many calories because I'm not training. And then I felt ready to go for back. I felt like I was rejuvenated after the day off and ready to train back hard. Train back really, really hard. At that point, you, you, you are probably empty. And then you get a, a shoulder day in the next day and an arm day the next day, which are both much easier days, much, much easier days, easier to achieve a pump, easier to get done fast. And then you repeat. So the diet has a big, big effect, determining factor in, in, in where the pump is going to be. Now, with the supplements, you've got the right idea by taking that very, very high dose of citrulline. You can also take beta-alanine. Beta-alanine will help significantly with the pump. And if you want to, give a couple of our products a try. We have Hype and Hype Extreme. Now, here's the thing with Hype Extreme. A lot of people go right to Hype Extreme because it has the word extreme 
in the name. Probably should flip the extreme onto the regular hype because the regular hype, I believe, is a better nitric oxide boosting agent. It's a better pump agent. Uh, but people sometimes don't, the newer customers don't get to experience how good the hype really is because they go right to the hype extreme, which is a much different product. The, the hype extreme is made with nitrates from the beetroot extract, which are very good pump agents. Uh, but they work so, so differently. You could actually take them together if you wanted to, the hype and the hype extreme, which is something that I do all the time because I've access to it all the time. Uh, but if I were going to go to one or the other, I would add in the regular hype. Now, for you, it wouldn't be a bad idea to experiment with both. Uh, those products are ideal for somebody on a ketogenic diet because they are nitric oxide boosting products, which you're not going to be getting as much of. So I think that if you add in those products, you should feel a good pump. And remember, when you're on a ketogenic diet, you do not want to be in the gym for two hours. Make your workouts 45 minutes, get as much as you can in those 45 minutes, and you will achieve a good pump. Also make sure you're properly hydrated. That's going to affect it as well. So if you haven't had a good amount of water before you get into the gym, you're not going to experience the pump the same way. You, you will be able to achieve a good pump on keto. I promise you that. Try adding in an extra 20 ounces of water, you know, within 20 minutes before training. Just chug it. Just, just fill 20 ounces in, you know, grab a water bottle, measure it out, and just chug it 20 minutes before you train. Get that water in. You'll have a better pump just from doing that. I, I can't tell you how many times when I was coaching, people would be like, oh, I'm not getting a pump. I'm not getting a pump. I'd be like, tomorrow, before you tra train, drink two bottles of water 20 minutes before you train, and then go train. And then be like, oh, I had such a better pump today. And it's just because they're dehydrated. It's easier to get dehydrated on a ketogenic diet because there's nothing really holding the water in. You're just you're going to be continue, continuously cycling it through your body. So hydrate yourself properly as well. All right. Our last question is from Travis. He says, hey, PJ, love the podcast. A lot of great information out there, and it's straight and to the point. My, last, uh, my question is, with all these people doing steroids without any knowledge on blood work, could you briefly go over the importance of blood work and what we should be looking for both pre and both after uh, blood work? Thanks in advance for killing it out there. You run a great business. Thank you very much for that compliment. Uh, I made this the last question of the day because I felt that this was the most important question that was asked today. So this is the question of the day. And before I answer it, uh, to Jason, whose question I just answered, make sure you're salting your food as well. It's something that I forgot to add in to the ketogenic people out there. Do not remove salt from your diet. Sodium has its place and it's entirely important. And it's in, in, increasingly more important the more or, or I should say the longer you go on a ketogenic diet because you have nothing holding the water in and salt will be your good friend. It will make your muscles contract better. It will make you feel stronger. You need to have that salt in there. So do not remove sodium from your diet. Uh, all right, back to Travis. Blood work. A lot of people are scared to know what the blood work says. A lot of people don't care about, about the blood work. And it's a shame because this is very, very important. And it's a great tool. And I'll explain why. Why is it a great tool? You can actually see based on your blood, if what you're taking is real, if what you're doing is helping you or hurting you, and then you can judge the next steps of your future simply just based on a couple of the numbers that are in your blood work. The first thing I do, or if I, I will say that I used to do, and it's a little different now, when I was competing, is I would go straight to the testosterone and estrogen part and see what those numbers were. Because if you're taking an excess of, of testosterone, that number should be very, very, very high. 
that should be, if you're taking, let's put it like this. If you're taking 500 milligrams of testosterone a week and you're doing, let's say, two shots a week, Monday and Friday, let's just say for hypothetical reasons, when you get that blood work done, if you get your blood work done close to the time of one of those shots, you know, let's say within a couple days, that number should be into the thousands. It should be probably around 2,000. Um, and if it is not, if it is, let's say, under 1,500, there is a good chance that what you're doing is underdosed. Um, now, if it is less than 1,000, then it, there is a good chance that it is fake. So that is something that you want to use just as a tool for yourself anyway before you even get into the health side of things. Uh, now, if, if you're taking a higher dose than that, then, of course, the number should should be higher. I have seen my own testosterone at 3,500 before. I have heard stories about guys that are in the double digits, which is insane, although it does not surprise me. Um, I do not think that that is smart or safe by any means. But you're also going to want to look at the free testosterone. The lower the free testosterone number is, the less effect you're getting from what you're doing. And that's something that is very, very important because you're going to want to look into things that you can do to fix that. Uh, me and uh, Gorilla Chemist had a conversation one day about how low-dose Winstrol, I'm talking like two milligrams a day, uh, has actually shown, proven in some studies to free up testosterone and increase free testosterone. Just that little low dose, just that little oomph, uh, which most people would, would never think of doing. Now, you're not going to get any anabolic effect out of that. But if you're utilizing the testosterone that's in your system better, you're going to grow faster and be stronger and, of course, get better effects. So just from going onto these numbers, looking at the estrogen numbers, seeing where it's at, the most perfect number 35. Now, if you are within 10 plus or minus, that's great too. Now, when you start getting really low, you get into the, you know, pre-contest bodybuilder mode um, where I've even seen my estrogen in single digits because I was taking so much aromatase inhibitors. You're going to be very, very dry. Your joints are not going to feel good and your sex drive is going to be very low. However, to achieve a competition-ready physique, these are numbers that you, you just have to achieve. Now, when we see numbers that are starting to creep up too high, I have seen mine at 300 when I was not using Rimidex properly. Now you get into an extremely high estrogen level, which will yield a number uh, of terrible things in your, in your body. Um, and now if you want to get like into the, the nitty-gritty of, of what can happen from really high estrogen – you can have blood clots and heart attacks and, and, and terrible things. Um, most people are going to be worried about gynecomastia, oily skin, acne, things like that. And yes, you're going to have that as well. But seriously, we're talking life or death here when the estrogen is that high. So this is something that is very, very important to look at. Uh, when, when the first time I had my estrogen checked that high, my doctor was extremely concerned. And wanted me to make sure I was taking a baby aspirin every day until we got it in check. And we realized that perhaps from my years of anabolic steroid use, my body just became basically an estrogen factory. And I have to take Arimidex daily, uh, probably for the rest of my life, to keep myself right around 3540, which is an ideal number. But I unfortunately have to take this product, which is keeping my estrogen in check, but it's also 
lowering my good cholesterol. So now because of that, I have to do other things to compensate for that. So you don't want to get yourself in that position. And a lot of these things can be avoided by regular blood work. So I'm just touching on the hormone side of things. Now, when we go through the blood work, you you go right up to the top. There's going to be a lot of numbers and letters and these things that you're not going to have any clue what they are. And if you have a good doctor, he'll go over all of them with you and he'll tell you if you're in range or if you're out of range. You should educate yourself. And in today's world, with thanks to Google or Safari or whatever you're using to, to search, you can find tons of good information on how to read blood work simply by typing it in. You can take the letters and simply write, what does, for example, AST mean on a blood test? And it will pull up what that means. And for the sake of this discussion, AST and ALT are, are two of the measures that they use to check your uh, liver function. Now, that does not mean your liver is healthy or unhealthy. It just means that based on those numbers, your liver perhaps may be working harder or less hard. Now, the, the reason that I fired those two out uh, is because there's a lot of, of discrepancy with those numbers. And there's also a lot of misconception with those numbers. So anybody that works out hard and is, is, is breaking down muscle, you're going to have protein in your blood. So your liver is going to work harder. So those numbers are going to be a little harder male or, or female to really like determine whether or not they're safe or not. But as a general rule of thumb, something that one of my doctors told me, the different testing facilities are going to tell you different ranges are safe. The most common one I've seen for AST and ALT is 45 and under, all right? I, myself, personally, have never been under on both before. And I have, with women, seen a few girls that have been under on both. I've never seen any male that I've ever worked with under, with their AST and ALT, natural or unnatural. And that is because of the protein in your blood. It's also because most of you guys are eating an excess of protein, which taxes the liver a little bit more as well. Now... The liver is the one organ that re- regenerates. It, it, it can rejuvenate itself. It can repair itself. It's a, it's a pretty amazing organ in, in the fact that it can be broken down and build itself back up in that sense. So you can't truly judge the liver by those numbers. Uh, there'll, all, there'll also be the bilirubin will be with the AST and ALT as well, which is another measure of, of liver function as well. That's something that you're going to want to make sure is in a healthy range. But back to what I was you know, beginning to say, my doctor told me, unless you're in the triple digits, we really do not worry about these numbers because we understand most young doctors that understand HRT and what people are doing, understand that those numbers are going to be elevated. So I don't want you to stress if you're at a range by five or 10 on either of those numbers. Uh, Same thing with the creatinine. The creatinine is typically going to be elevated on anybody that's training hard or taking an anabolics test as well. The creatinine is what is is a measure of kidney function. These are things that you're going to want to bring your eyes to right away um, because obviously as a bodybuilder, you know, the liver, the kidneys, these are things that usually go, unfortunately, on bodybuilders. And then you're going to want to look at the triglycerides as well as your HDL and LDL. Now, this is something that if you take anything out of what I said, uh, you know, and, and, and really lock it in your head. The ratio is far more important than the total number. 
when it comes to your HDL and LDL, when it comes to the good and bad cholesterol. You'll, you're, you'll hear, hear people talk about good cholesterol and bad cholesterol. Not all cholesterol is bad. People are like, oh, I can't eat that. It's got cholesterol in it. Well, you actually need cholesterol. In fact, you need cholesterol for normal hormone production. And good cholesterol will actually make your testosterone levels higher and more efficient in your body. So you want to have the good cholesterol. Good cholesterol also helps fight against the bad cholesterol that is the stuff that's going to clog your arteries and cause, you know, congestive heart failure and all these negative things. So you want to look at that number. I have seen people that have a total cholesterol of, let's say, 180, but their good cholesterol is 7. That is horrible. That is dangerous. You're in a danger zone. So they may think, oh, my cholesterol is only 180. My doctor said as long as I'm under 200. No, that is false. When you start seeing things like that, you've got to start really taking a look at what you're doing and what you can do to fix it. My last uh, blood work, my good cholesterol was 35, which is really not good, but it's not bad. That's basically the bottom end of good. Like once you're under that, you're starting to get into the low range where you want to do something about it. And the best addition to your regime for that is ubiquinol and fish oils. You want to get a good, good solid brand, not some cheap, I don't want to say Costco and get sued or, or, or piss anybody off, but you don't want to get some cheap shit. You want to get a good brand. I use Jaro. There's plenty of good b- brands out there that make Ubiquinol, but you want to get a good, strong brand that you know is, is, is putting the right product. You don't want to go and get just a basic CoQ10 product. You want to have good, pure Ubiquinol, and you're going to want to take two to 400 milligrams a day. This is extremely important. Because your heart goes, you're probably not going to come back. No matter how good modern medicine is, no matter how good the surgeons are now, it's not worth the risk of playing around with that. So you're going to want to look at those numbers as well and look at the ratio. Because if the ratio starts getting beyond a 3 to 1 range, 4 to 1, 5 to 1, 6 to 1 I've seen on many people, you're starting to get into a very, very unhealthy zone regardless of the total number. And the same goes for your triglycerides, because the triglycerides being super elevated will kill you as well. And believe it or not, the triglycerides being elevated typically is a sign of of poor diet choices. I've seen a lot of people with elevated triglycerides that eat a lot of like white bread and shit like that that isn't really necessary in your diet. And simply by cleaning up your diet, you can usually get those numbers down. A lot of anabolic steroids will affect the good cholesterol. Things like Winstrol will bring the good cholesterol down. So you're going to have to look at what you're doing. If you are a pre-contest bodybuilder and you're taking those things, you're going to have to expect that those numbers are going to be down. This is why we cycle off of those things and do not stay on them year-round. And you really want to make sure you're utilizing these ancillary products that are going to take care of your body because you only have one. And uh, I can tell you this year, we lost a lot of our iron brothers, as I call them, that were very young and didn't need to go because of what was going on inside their bodies, maybe not outside in their lives. So blood work, I cannot stress the importance of it. In my opinion, everyone should be getting their blood work two times a year minimum. Now, I'm crazy. I get my blood work done all the time just because I like to see what's happening when I'm taking different things. I'm not saying you have to do that. It is not expensive, by the way, to get blood work done. Even if you do not have insurance, you can get your blood work done for like 300 bucks. So save your money and get it done if you don't have insurance. And if your insurance doesn't cover it, I still say that you save your money and get it done because it could save your life. And um, 
it's it's a slippery slope when you start getting higher in the doses. Now, I've seen some really, really scary blood work, guys. I've seen some really, really scary stuff where, you know, I had to be flat out honest with the people and just tell them straight up, listen, you're probably going to die if you don't do something about this. And I've seen some scary stuff on my blood work before, which is part of the reason why I'm retired from competitive bodybuilding, part of the reason why I do not have the desire to come back. Now, things can creep up on you, you know, things like cancer, you know, you, you, you can you can absolutely, absolutely pick up some of these things with blood work as well. When the blood cell counts are off, when your white blood cells are all over the place, that's usually when they'll start testing for a different cancer. And a lot of people, if they stay on top of their blood work, can catch cancer earlier and save their lives because they've seen these discrepancies and these strange things in the blood work that cause the doctors to go through more tests. If you're just ignoring it and not paying attention to what's going on with your blood, then you'll never know. And if you're somebody that doesn't get routine checkups, then you'll never know. Next thing you know, you go for your routine checkup and they tell you you have a terminal cancer and there's nothing that they can do about it. And perhaps had you gone and get your blood work done a year earlier, you could have prevented it. So I saved this question for last because I can't stress the importance of it. I also want to say that it's very important to donate blood. Not just for saving lives, but if any of you guys are taking in anabolic steroids, you know, the, 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 one of the main points of this podcast is to, to keep people safe and healthy. I'm not a doctor, and I am not you know, certified to be telling people what they should be you know, taking and not taking, but I have done enough and seen enough, read enough, learned enough, been around enough to know what will kill you and how to stay safer. And that's what I want to achieve when you guys ask me questions about steroids and about blood and things like that. I want to make sure you're as safe as possible. I don't want anybody to die. Obviously, eventually, one day, we're all going to die. But to me, you can prevent a lot of these negative things that I see happening, these sad things that I see happening more and more the older I get, by paying attention to these details. So I'll close out my portion of the, of the talk on the show by saying get your blood work done twice a year. It's very important. And donate blood at least twice a year. It'll keep your blood pressure down. It'll keep the metals low. It'll keep you healthy. And you'll probably save a few lives while you're at it as well. All right, that's going to wrap up our podcast today. Uh, you can find us over at iTunes, YouTube, and BlackstoneLabs.com. Uh, if you have any questions for us for future podcasts, you can email us at askpjbrawn at BlackstoneLabs.com. Uh, we'd be happy to answer any of your questions. And until next time, we will see you guys later.